Hey everyone, and welcome to Broadcast is Love. This is a podcast where we talk about what life looks like when we decrease our name and increase God's name because it's all about Jesus living life on purpose for Him. And today we are actually in a church. This is the first time for this podcast to be inside of a church recording, but um, for good reason. Miss Liz Elizabeth Trailer, your pastor trailer's wife at Olive Baptist Church, and the Lord is on your heart. It's a wildfire, and we're wanting some wildfire in our hearts for the Holy Spirit. Um, the messages that we've exchanged back and forth and the scriptures that you sent me for encouragement have blessed my life more than you know. And so to share what God has on your heart and what he's helped you through, through scripture, it's just going to be such a blessing. I'm thinking about the mom who's listening right now who could really use some encouragement from what God has shown you. So how are you today? I'm fine, thanks. Yes. Before we were talking, we were talking about this is your second podcast yes. interview. And so um, are you shocked about how small the equipment is? I don't know. I mean, no, no, because his was just a little tiny laptop. It wasn't very big either. Yeah. And they just plugged it in, hand me a mic, and that's all, I, you know. And that's it. Yes. And so yes. we're on a cell phone, and we have two cords with our microphones. And you've done another podcast and I want to know about that podcast because for whoever's listening, this is an awesome story. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably listening to other ones. So tell us about the first podcast you were okay. a part of. Our um, dear, dear young man was a high school senior um, in ROTC a few months away from going to the military. And yeah. he went with a bunch of friends to go swimming, dove in the pond, broke his neck, and he's been in a wheelchair ever since. Wow. I'm not sure how old he is now, but that was probably eight or nine years ago, I'm guessing. Okay. And he has a podcast called Wheelchair Pulpit. That's it. Okay. And so he asked if I would speak on his podcast, and he comes, his assistant wheels him in, and he comes wheeling in, and He'd sent me the long list of questions, and you know I'm sitting there thinking, what is my excuse? You know, because he has he has two jobs, works hard, never complains, and has just decided to use this for the glory of God because this was God's plan for his life. Really? Yes. So because I mean, he has every reason to stay at home and do nothing. Oh yes, yes, and he just refuses. He said, "This is where God has put me now." And it took a long time to come to this point. Okay. You know, he was a young man like anybody else. You okay. Know, why? 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 You know, but he has just decided this. You know, once he has. Um, developed his relationship with Christ, he has just realized that this is where God wants him. And if you really believe what scripture says, yeah. that God knows the plans he has for us. Yeah. This is God's plan. So I'm going to use it for his glory. So yes. he uses it as a wheelchair pulpit. That's his podcast. Yes. So he just had his questions all sent to me and wanted to know and uh, it was just very interesting. It was it was a blessing. It yeah. really was. Well it's a blessing to us to hear his story. Mm-hmm. You mm -hmm. know? I mean, I think so many people can relate to that. It's like, God, what do you want to use me for? And he just said yes to do this podcast. Yes. And so, but you know, I've, I had to go see, I've been to several Christian counselors over the years, Yeah, ditto. Um, you know, and yeah. just had to have a little help. And I remember going in to speak to um, Wayne Courier, who's a member of our church and a counselor. And yeah. they have lost both of their children. They both died. Yeah. Um, it, it's, the, it's just the tragedies that in our eyes are, and I remember looking at him going, I can't believe I'm telling you this. This seems so piddly mm. in light of what you did. He said, yeah. stop, stop. He said, this is my load God has given me. 
what you're dealing with is your load okay. that God's given you. Yeah. He said, we're going to take me completely out of it. And this is your load. And you've got to learn to deal with your load. And everybody responds to their load in a different way. So that was, you know, a very big help. So I don't look at Logan and think, oh, you know, I shouldn't have a complaint in the world because I do. I, yeah. You know, life is difficult. Right. And not fair, doesn't make sense. All those things, like I always taught my kids. Right. And you just have to take your load and learn how to deal with it. Yeah, with my load. And my load goes to Christ because it's not my load to carry, you exactly. know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's not my load, but it's the load he's put on me okay. or because of my choices, the load I have inherited because of choices I chose to make. Right. And we have to be honest with that to work through those things. Or because of my choices. Oh, absolutely. Because we all make stupid choices growing up and right. you have to deal with the consequences. And that's the load I made for myself. Right. Well, and man, that word choices is... There's just so much behind the word choices, like good choices and not good choices. Exactly. And I think it's confusing for people who are new to faith or maybe who have been in faith for a long time to think, wow, my choices, my choices have results. Like there is something that's going to come from this choice. And with that, in the spiritual sense, like with God, my bad choice I mean, it's going to come up with God, like he's our father, you know, and I think I'm right now, my brain is going to the word punishing because I'm just thinking about the person listening who's like, I've made a bad choice and maybe it's a small choice or a big choice, but our God will confront us. Oh, yes. And the worst punishment is not that he punishes us. It's what we punish ourselves with guilt. That's the number mm. one tool with women. Guilt guilt and you have got to overcome guilt. Let's go there. You just have to put that down and walk past that. But guilt, then there's consequences. And, you know, God just looks at you and it's almost like bless her heart, you know, and you're going to live with the consequences and consequences are a lot worse than what we consider punishment. At least I think so. Right. <laughs> you know, and I learned that long ago that, uh, you know, God just says, okay, that's the way you want to go. Yeah. Okay, how long have you been a Christian? Since I was 10. 10? Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Where'd you get saved? I got saved in my bed, in my bedroom by myself. Stop it. No, I remember very, very clearly. I grew up in church. My parents were there all the time. My dad was a dedicated. Uh -huh. um, he was a pediatrician. He was a Bible teacher. He was a deacon. I mean, we were at church. I go to church less now than I did growing <laughs> up. So That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, we were there for everything. And, yeah. um you know, so I had a Christian background, but I still had to make that decision on my own. And I, I remember, well, I can look back. Um, I inherited a book of letters that one of my mother's dear friends, she compiled my mom's letters to her and gave it to me as a wedding gift. Oh. The letters that they would write twice a year. And because she lived in Europe and Okay. Anyway, okay. And in there is a uh, a letter that Mom writes to Nona and says, "I took Elizabeth to speak to the pastor today, and she went in and talked to him for fifteen minutes by herself. 
And she came out and said, I'm not ready to do that yet. And that was so encouraging to me because I knew I was not ready to make that commitment at a ten as a ten year old. Yes, you know? but there's a choice, like you know. And then, I, but I, I remember vividly the bedroom, yeah. the bed, which way it was facing, and I lay there and sang that old little song, "Into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus." Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you even know that old. I song. don't. Come in today, come in to stay, come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and I meant it. I meant it, and about a few weeks later, I didn't tell anybody, because um, I've always been very, very shy. Um, I mean, I had to get out of my shell to do what I've done over the years, but you know, I'd rather sit in the background and do nothing. And, um, but I remember we had a revival not long after that, and on Thursday night, I just got out of my pew and walked right down there, and I was the first one there that, that went, and I said, I'm ready now wow. to make that commitment. And so I always have that, um, and that's, that's what happened. And I didn't grow with him a lot or walk with him a lot or, you know, you know, cause we just didn't have the kind of, um, things that we have now for discipleship and mentoring and that kind of thing. Yeah. But, you know, I had to come to that in my own right. time, you know, God had to get my attention later, but you know, with all the faith I had as a little 10 year old. You know, and, and God doesn't expect you to have anything that you're not supposed to have at your age. But I had to make the confronting, mm. is this the decision I'm going to make? Am I going to follow Christ? Yeah. I mean, it was a choice. Yes. And that happened in college. And a big part of it was facing uh, when all of a sudden God sent Ted Trailer into my life. And yeah. I mean, it was a watershed, <laughs> you know, because I was not married a preacher. That was on the bottom of my list. And. You know, you just had to, you talk about choices that you made, and that's one of the choices I, you know, once God just gave me the lightning rod experience, this is the man yeah. you're supposed to marry. Yeah. And you can choose to follow what I want for you or not. But yeah. he was nothing that I was expecting to marry. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a list, 10 things, and he had two of them. Yeah. You know, actually, it were 12 things, and he had two. So, you know, and I'm thinking, this is not what it's supposed to be. I was supposed to get... <laughs> You know, I'm supposed to get the knight on shining arm. You know, I'm supposed to get my dream. And it just you just had to put down a lot of things at that time. Yeah. And I made the choice to do it. So there's some consequences, good consequences, hard consequences because yeah. of the choice I was willing. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I'm talking about we think making choices is deciding to drink or smoke a cigarette or, yeah, you know, yeah. or, you know, do drugs. Exactly. But it's, it's every choice you make, whether I'm just going to get up, whether I'm going to forgive, whether yeah. I'm going to walk past the hurt, whether I'm going to do all these things. It's the right. choices we make. It is the choices. And I think whoever's listening wants to make the right decision. Yes. Yes. Right. I yes. mean, you want a, you want a good result. Yes, you do. And uh, God got my attention very early in 1990 is when I went through, um, Textbook clinical burnout. Okay. And I had to go see a counselor the first time. I couldn't function anymore because I was doing it all on my own. Okay. Because I set out to marry a preacher and be the best preacher's wife that had ever been. Mm -hmm. And I just hoped nobody would find out that I didn't read the Bible or pray. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's pretty sad for a pastor's No, wife, but, I think the know, most important thing to know right now is that we're all human and no one is perfect. And so... We are like seeking God, picking, you know how they say you have to put your pants on one leg at a time? Yes. The same goes for loving God. I mean, we have to pick up our cross and follow him daily. 
Yes. And that is a choice. So another choice. Like, the okay, is the Lord putting the word choice in this interview for a reason? I don't know. Well, it's, and, it, and <laughs> unfortunately, you face choices every, every single day. Yeah. And it's the tiniest choice of, I choose to, instead of reading something I really would enjoy reading, uh, you know, on the surface, to sit down and do the diligent work of reading the word. Because mm. it's not always a thrill. You don't always get a, you know, this is the most wonderful book I've ever read. No, you just read it. And right. you just get in there and read it. But in 1990, that's when God, um, I thought, well, since I'm flat on my back for two weeks and can't get anything, you know, maybe it's time to read the Bible. Right. And, you know, <laughs> duh. And, you know, God just so riveted my attention. I thought, well, I'm going to start in the Gospels and I'm going to read about Jesus. And so I started in Mark because that was the shortest one. Mm-hmm. And I came to Mark 6:31, that verse I shared with you. Yeah. And Jesus looks at his disciples who had just finished this amazing ministry, you know, gone out and had reached people and done all these things. And he comes in and the first thing he tells them after they're reporting all these things, he says, come away by yourselves to a lonely place and rest a while. Yes. Because there was so much coming and going, they didn't even have time to eat. And if that doesn't describe the American mother right now, mm-hmm. uh, nothing does. And I had to decide then that I was going to learn to rest because I grew up with a mom that, you know, resting was a lazy, you know, that was lazy and that was, you know, just not something you did. You just work, 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 work. So that's what I'd set off. And instead, I started reading about Jesus and I was absolutely stunned with the Jesus I found there. He was nothing like the Sunday school Jesus I had grown up knowing. Yeah. I was absolutely floored. And I realized very quickly that everything I face in my life ever he has already faced in some capacity so go to him and see what he said about it yes i could not get away from scripture and i have missed very few mornings since then i mean and it made getting up at five o'clock before the kids got out of bed you know but i couldn't i'd already lived without it and i didn't want to go back there exactly (laughs) yeah not want to go back there yeah and it's just a a simple thing to say that we need him in conversation you know in this moment right now and wherever somebody is going, driving a car, maybe like, Lord, get me to my destination safely. Uh-huh. Like we need him. Uh-huh. And I, it's really funny that you mentioned about this resting idea that it's so important as Christians to be good resters. And we used to rest on Sunday. Yeah. But we don't. Yeah, I know. You know, that was the day that you pulled aside and you stopped. But now you can go shopping. You can eat out. You can yeah. go to travel ball. You can, and, and so... Yeah. If you're not careful, the evil one will trick you into thinking that that's not right. And I have to remember that I am doing an action verb. I am resting. Mm -hmm. And that is an action word. (laughs) And, you know, and there's so many, when I feel my, I know my triggers now. And I know if I haven't gotten the rest that I need. Right. um, Whether it's sleeping at night or just being alone Mm -hmm. and recuperating and um, introverts are not shy. We just need alone time to recuperate. Yeah, that's me. It, we need, yeah, I get people, it. Yeah. People yeah. wear us out and we, we like people. We're not afraid of people. We're an introverted rather get up and speak in front of 10,000 people than mm. get in a room of 10 and have to socialize. That just wears us out. Yeah. So um, that was, well, that's a whole nother talk about <laughs> God bless introverts. Okay, I have to ask you about this. Dr. Patty Sadala, she's in um, 
where is she in? She's in Cleveland. And she was saying, and this has been like a tattoo on my heart. She said, high fruit bearing Christians are resting Christians. And I'm like, high fruit bearing Christians are good resters. Ooh. Because the only time you can hear God is when you're resting a lot of times. I agree. And, and you've yes. got to be silent. The second verse I was telling you, Isaiah. Isaiah 30, 15. 30, 15. I've gone totally blank. No, you're good. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Mm. And I would wish it stopped there, but the next line is, but you were not willing. And he says, no, you say, let's get on fast horses and ride. <laughs> and the next part of that says, therefore, those who pursue you shall be swift. So the, they're going to be swift too. The things that pursue you are going to be swift. You can never get ahead of all the issues of life. So you've got to repent. And that means turning from every little sin that whether it's, yeah a thought you had or yeah. a, um, something you didn't take to Christ or um, a moment of guilt or unworthiness uh, mm -hmm. or anger or uh, fear. Fear is the big one I've been dealing with this past year, yeah. you know, dealing with fear and yeah. um, all those things. If I don't repent of those. Right. And the only time that God's going to speak to me is resting, whether it's sitting at my desk, right. studying his word. You know, writing exactly. in my journal, I have boxes of journals because that's, that's, I can't. I too. I can't pray. I love you. <laughs> I can't pray audibly because my mind goes off. Ditto. You know, we're, we're, yeah. you know, so, but I write it and those books yeah. are just prayers. You know, it's just my prayer. And sometimes they're all complaining. Yeah. Sometimes they're all praising. Sometimes I try to be a balance, but yeah. that's where I work through things. And it's if I don't place. have that time, um, I'm just jumping on a horse and riding. Okay. You, this is the best. Okay, so I was praying about this interview. Lord, what do you want me to say to Miss Liz? A song comes on I had planned. It's Andy Minio. Do you know who that is, Miss Liz? Uh, not really. I probably do. If, as my granddaughter says, well, if you listen to Caleb, you would know these grandmother. <laughs> He's a rapper. He's a Christian oh. rapper. <laughs> my son would know him. <laughs> He's great. Okay, so I'm going to read one of his lyrics. Okay? okay. I literally saved this to my phone today. But when you said fear, it's like, let's, let's go deeper into that. Because I think a lot of people do have fear right now, oh, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. oh, and I heard a statistic on a podcast, Brian Buffini, uh, it's on his podcast. Listen to him if you want to hear where the source is from, you know? Um, but it said that 92% of the things that we worry about don't come true, which that's interesting. I don't know if it's true or not. But um, if you want to source it, whoever's listening, just go to his podcast. But, um, okay, Andy Minio, this is his lyric to You Can't Stop Me by Andy Minio. They try to shut us down, and it ain't gonna slide. Only thing I fear is God, and he on my side. That's the confidence of God, because he got me. That's why I really feel like you can't stop me. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop me. Okay. And yeah, it's like, da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, but like our only fear is of God and, <laughs> you know, God can use anybody's gifts and talents to broadcast his love. That's what this all is all about. You know, maybe rapping, but 
maybe it's to also bring clarity to what you're saying about fear. Can you just walk us through what God is showing you with fear? Well, um, yes. As I'm, there's there's a lot of issues that ha- are happening lately. Um, yeah. I'm afraid my life is coming to a close very quickly because I'm getting older. I'm in the mm. last part of it. Mm. And you think, have I done everything I needed to do? You know, yeah. this is not what I expect. That's why I've been really reading through Ecclesiastes lately. Again, I pulled Ecclesiastes out and I said, I just need to read this because, you know, all the things we pursue, it says in there very clearly that yeah. nobody can, who came before you remembers you and nobody's going to remember you after you It's gone. true. I think I've heard and, Pastor Trailer speak oh, on that. Oh, he probably has. Yeah, and, but it's just, you know, and that most of the things we do yeah. are, are vanity is the, in the old King James. Now it's futility yeah. or a pursuit of the wind. The pursuit of the wind is all through that. And, you know, I had a, I've got a friend. She just wanted to know, give me, I need to know a book about the Bible that'll tell me about the, I said, just get the Bible and read the Bible. Mm-hmm. She goes, well, no, I need, I need a, a book about, you know. I said, just get the Bible and start reading. She said, well, where? I said, well, not in Leviticus or something, but yeah. just start reading. Yeah. Because the old, one of the sad things about not learning old hymns is the old hymn, How Firm a Foundation. Mm. How Firm a Foundation is laid for you in his excellent word. Yeah. What more can he say than to you he has said mm. to you who for refuge to Jesus have fled. Yeah. And every if, if we really believe is it second Peter that says everything in scripture, everything we need for life and godliness is in scripture. Mm. But we're so bad about listening to podcasts, reading books about it, reading devotion books instead of just reading Reading it, the Bible. Yes. Or listen to the Bible app. You know what I mean? Just put it on play. (laughs) Right. Putting, filling our minds with that because there may be a verse that means nothing to you today. And all of a sudden, years later, it'll leap out Mm -hmm. and, you know, and that, that God will use it to speak to you in a different way. And change your life. Yes. But fear. Um, fear that I'm ending my life, that I'm going to end up in a nursing home, you know, because I've taken care of, you know, we've had plenty of family members that have lived like that. And I don't want to live like that, but I want to fear that I've not been effective, fear that I've, uh, just all these fears, fear that um, every now and then a really untrue fear that I have to take every thought captive out of 2 Corinthians and just go, no. Fear. I mean, even because Satan will, he knows your triggers. He knows where to hit you. He knows what to put through your mind. Does my husband still love me after all these years? And I'm thinking, stop it. This is stupid. Get away from me, Satan. Get away. That is stupid. So that's when you have to take those thoughts. Um, Have I done anything worthwhile? You know, you just start looking back. And then, of course, the whole thing with this fear, am I going to get COVID? Well, you know, I just have to go, if I do, I do. Well, I've already had it, but, you know, if I die from it, well, you know, God knows. There's only one person in charge of when I die. And the fear that we're living in is ridiculous mm, yeah. because there's only one person. Now, all of us fear hurting and pain and, yeah. you know, but you can't live life like that. You just can't. You yeah. can't. And, and over and over and over in Scripture do not fear. Fear not. Every angel that showed up, that's pretty much the first word out of his mouth was do not fear, yeah. which means 
humans are normal bearers and we have to get a hold of that fear. I mean, over, I mean, Joshua was one of the most dynamic, I think he's one of the few people in scripture, nothing bad is I've, I've ever found out about, is said about him. And he was afraid. I mean, if God comes to him and says, do not be fear, do yeah. not be dismayed, you know, then that's the normal response to life is fear. Mm. And we have to learn to walk through that fear and just get hold of it. And I'm not going down that road. Yeah. I'm not going to live in fear. I mean, yes, be smart. Yeah. You know, don't drive without a seatbelt. Right. And think, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to get killed. Well, you know. Choices. Choices. Okay. Choices. You know, but I have no control over the day. Well, I do have control over the day I die. I could, you know, I could conceivably kill myself, but yeah. I don't plan on doing that. Exactly. So if I don't plan on doing that, then I have no control over the day I die. Yeah. You know, and what happens is this generation that's not grown up studying history, learning history, there are so many times in, yeah. in epoch, you know, of eons of time that this kind of thing has gone on. This is not anything new under the sun. Right. There's nothing new under, new under the, the sun. sun. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes says. There's nothing new under the sun. Right. And we're acting like this is the first time this has ever happened that, you know, no. I remember my grandmother taking me to the cemetery and showing me all the relatives who died of the flu in 1918. Mm. You know, it wiped out whole families and children. And, you know, and it's just we have to control our fear. And unfortunately, you're living in a generation where everything is out there and everybody's got an opinion and everything, you know, you're panicking overseeing statistics that you, you got to think through what these statistics really mean. You yeah. got to think, but you just can't live in fear. Yeah. And you said, I think this is so important for, who, for whoever's listening and fear is like, okay, that's something I'm concerned about. I have a concern. You said to... I don't want to use the word medicine, but like to cure your fear. You okay. said what you, you scripture. Oh yes, you said take every thought captive. Yes, take every thought captive. And then there's a verse in Psalms that I can't even remember where it's found now, but it says, um, "David said, I'll lie on my bed at night and dwell on the Lord." Mm. You know, so because that's when women tend to get in bed and the fear starts coming. You know, and. We start thinking of the future and what are we, what's it going to look like for our children. Before we know it, we have painted this black, horrible picture, and you know we're we've got anxiety attacks yeah. and everything else. And I just have to lie there and go, Lord, there's not a thing I can do about it tonight. Yeah. You know, you have to learn the strategies to deal with the fear in your own life. Yeah, that's beautiful. And you know, I just go stop. We're not going down that road. I'm not going to think that. Mm. You know, the, the reality is there's probably not anybody going to break in my house tonight and kill me yeah. when my husband's gone. Right. You know, I, just, I think that too. What's have, wrong with us? Well, because it happens and y'all know too much. Exactly. You know, I mean, and seriously. we think of the mill. Yes. Does it happen? Yes. yes. But most of the time it's the husband who breaks in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, most Statistics. of the time it's the family members. Yeah. Yes. But we look at the one yeah. Show on TV and we let fear overtake us. Yeah. And it's it's not meant to be like that. We like you said in the beginning, this is my load. That yes. means we need to not look at the other people's loads. You said, you know, this is my load. And I think that's such a beautiful picture of this is my relationship with Christ. This is our relationship, Jesus and I, not other people's relationship. And so I'm just 
thinking about whoever's listening is coming here because you're like, I want to broadcast God's love. I don't want to broadcast what I have to say because I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing this thing right. I need him, you know, and go ahead. Well, the only relationship we can do anything about is our relationship to Christ. Amen. We can't, we can't fix any relationship in our lives. We have no control because there's another person who's in, in charge of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they make choices. So I can't do anything about any of the relationships that I have except what's right for me. But I, I mean, God says over and over, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. You know, all God is there. He is just waiting. And that's the only relationship I can do anything about. So the more I seek God, the more he will let me find him. What a beautiful prayer to pray in your bed when you have those thoughts that you were just talking about. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And when you do that, God will draw near to you. Mm -hmm. It's going to look different, I feel like. It might look different for somebody. Sure. My other trick is to grateful my way out of it. That's okay. what I call it. Go for it. Teach us. Grateful my way out of okay, it. Okay, let's go. When I get frustrated, when I get feeling sorry for myself or something, I just have to grateful. I start being grateful and just start telling God all the things I'm grateful for, things grateful. that he's done for me. I'm grateful my way out of it. And by the time you get to the end of the list, you know, you're okay. Now, do you write this list down? Oh, it depends. It okay. depends on where I am and what I'm doing. Okay. I remember one morning I was writing in my journal and um, I just felt so impressed. Write a great, write hundred things you're grateful for. Okay. And I went, okay. It's going to so take I, a long time. It's going to take a long time. And it didn't. I was just writing as fast as I could, just being grateful. Because we got to learn, look. You know, we have to learn to look and watch for the things that God's doing around us. Mm. And instead, we look at everything we do instead of what God's doing with us. Yeah. And, you know, for example, two things come to mind. We look around at the world we're living in now, and it is the worst, you know. Yeah. Who's in charge of the government? I just, the fear is overwhelming. And I just have to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I lived through the 60s. It was pretty bad back then. Yeah. And, but what's happening, here we are. In this situation, you can't meet, you know, like you did. Things are so totally different. Mm -hmm. And yet, we've been trying to start a great college ministry at this church for 30 years mm -hmm. and have never been able to get one off the ground. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, this year, 125, I think, show up on Tuesday night. My husband's been in the ministry for almost 50 years. He's had people call to preach over the years. But right now, 13 young men call to preach. Mm. God's at work. We just tend to focus on the stuff that, you know, that the, the world is trying to tell us instead of the good things. And God can, he speaks in the most amazing, miraculous ways if we'll just look for it and trust him and this is really running a rabbit trail what i'm going to tell no you god happened. is at work tell us what's going on i'm going to tell you what happened yes um i had a i have a friend who was on the mission field for years and years and i met her through the southern baptist convention commissioning service for international missionaries it was our international mission board and they were doing all their thing, and they were doing brief testimony and carrying the flags in and all that. And I'm looking through the brochure, and I saw a girl's name, um, and it said, and she's from Korean descent, and she they couldn't tell us where she's going because she was going to a dangerous area. Okay. And I, I could not quit looking at that. And I told my husband, I said, we need to have her come speak to the Korean church. 
we had a Korean church at the time meeting until they got big enough to establish. Then I asked him a couple of weeks later, have you contacted Libya? You know, and I, and he said, no, <laughs> you know, well, I kind of pestered him about Good. it. And one day, yeah. he, I don't know why I just had her on my mind. And one day he came and he said, she's coming. So she gave her testimony that night and told about where she was going. And she, um, we went out to dinner afterwards and she said, how did you get my name? And I told her and she started crying. She, and she had been involved in a street church that ministered to homeless. So they didn't even have a church building. Yeah. Her mother, they immigrated as a family when she was 15, had to leave everything she knew and immigrated to America, not mm -hmm. speaking hardly any English. There was a high school student, a senior in high school who kept inviting her to church but they were all Buddhist and she didn't want to have anything to do with it. And she just kept after her and they went to the same college. And finally she said, okay, I'll go to the meeting. And the man preached on idols in our lives. Mm -hmm. And she said, she sat there and all, and she said that the Holy spirit, she said, she said, all I could do was sit there and weep and tell God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know. Because they all worshiped idols as Buddhists. I didn't know. She said, I didn't know. I didn't know. And because of her becoming a believer, mm -hmm. her five brothers and sisters, her parents, and who knows who else has been saved wow. because of her. Okay. So she and her mother doesn't speak English to this day and still goes to a little tiny Korean Baptist church in New York where... Um, they, the women get together on Friday night and pray all night. Wow. I would love to hear the stories out of that, you know, and, how God moves through that. And so my friend said that she went, she just felt called to youth work. And so she went to seminary and she said, God called me to missions. She said, I dreaded telling my mother mm. that I was going to leave. Yeah. And she said she called her mother and told her, and her mother said, oh, I already knew. God already told me. We've been praying about that for a year for you. Isn't it crazy how God puts things on other people's yes. hearts, and then when it yes. happens, it's like a confirming, yes. you just walk in it. So she said, you know, how did you get my name? And she said, would your church be willing? She said, I have to have three churches listed to pray for me. And I said, yes, we will. I so, have to have. Oh, you know, like for the International perfect. Mission Board, you have to have three churches that will commit to pray I for you. I know. What better... I mean, it we was said yes. So yeah, I don't know what happened that night, but God just, I just felt responsible for her. So, you know, but now that's a long time ago because we've known each other 20, it's awesome. seven years, I guess. And, yeah. uh, you know, that was before internet was good. And she was in the former Iron Curtain as a woman alone, um, setting up a, an English computer school. That was her platform and had to start from, nothing wow. deep in Muslim territory. And, uh, you know, so I would, I didn't, we didn't stay in touch. My kids were young then and I didn't have a lot of time, but all of a sudden I'd start thinking about her and I'd email her and, um, send an awesome. email to her and she'd email me back cause she was terrible about communicating cause she was trying to stay under the radar mm -hmm. and we did it all in code, <laughs> you know, and, uh, prayer was think and, you know, those kind of business was the church and that kind of thing. And but, I mean, but she lived completely alone until it got too dangerous. And she sent me an email and she said, they're moving me to another country. Wow. And I said, well, okay, you know, and so we just, you know, I had a, a small group of people and every now and then we would fly her home 
you know, when she'd come home on furlough, we would fly her down here. Okay. I'd, I'd say, let come on down here. And we had a friend that would let her rest, but she didn't want to be by herself. She wanted people. Yeah, I don't she blame her. She wanted to be with people Yeah, she was so alone. And she would go sit through both services and cry through both of them, you know. she just Because she was probably so grateful so to be alone. in a service. Yeah, because you're worshiping on your own, by yourself, at home, with all the windows drapes pulled so I nobody mean, can see you. People, okay, when I say this, whoever's listening to you as well, like take this with a grain of salt. But I feel like people can relate to that now. Yes, we have to worship. Because if you can't worship on yourself, if you're dependent on the church, to do your worshiping for you, you're not yeah. worshiping. Well, just like so alone. Yes, absolutely alone. So long story short, um, yeah. we had a little bit better communication where she was then. She had a better internet. Mm-hmm. And I remember when she turned 40, I, you know, I sent her an email and said, um, how can I be thinking about you? Right. And she emailed me back and said, well, I, she said, I just, for some reason, feel like I, I would like to be married. I mean, she's 40. Okay. Never been married. Okay. I said, okay. So I called the two or three friends that we had gotten to, you know, she had gotten to like know guys? over the years. No, these were oh, women. Oh, I was like, did oh, no, you no, set no, no, her no. up? No, no. Women. Oh, my gosh. You know, the couple of people that who had really kind of adopted her, too. Okay, know? okay, okay. Because when we fly her yeah. down here, there was one lady, well, Ma- you know, Maggie would, one of the girls would take her shopping. She goes, okay. And she would make her spend money because she yeah. knew, you know, she said, I'm not, no, don't look at the price tags. You need some clothes. Yeah. You need some shoes. Yeah. You know, and she would take her for that. And then I had another friend that just, you know, would get her over to her house and they had just a long prayer meeting. You know, there were just a kind of, you know, that kind of thing. So about six months later, I get an email from her and it said, um, I'm getting married. Here she is in the middle of India and God sends in a Korean, because she's Korean back yeah. a Korean Presbyterian evangelist evangelist in a meeting they were in whose wife had died two years before. Wow. And he took one look at her and God just told him that that's That's the one. mm -hmm. And in two weeks they were planning a wedding. That's beautiful. Two weeks. But God provides. They were married for 13 years and he died. So she's alone again. Oh. So anyway, boy, I've run a really big rabbit trail. I Um, think the point of this story is to trust God. Oh, yes, right? through everything, Yeah, everything. And they started a school that they started from scratch with the poorest of the poor who maybe eat one meal a day, do mm-hmm. not have any, you know, they come barefoot in the winter. And I mean, it's just unbelievable. And they set it up with plenty of locals so that, it, um, you know, that it's, uh, they train people up. Now, it was all, you know, it was sort of Christian, but not, you know, okay. I mean, it, well, it wasn't Christian. It was um because she said one of the teachers they hired, they would hire Muslim teachers, Hindu teachers. They would hire teachers of all, you know, okay. that they could. Because yeah. he had some support, people in Korea that were supporting the school. Okay. And after he died, all that support was pulled. And, you know, she didn't know what she's going to do. But um, anyway. So where is she now? What is she doing right now? She's here in the States. But this is what I was going to tell you what happened. Okay. We flew her down here about, um, unless it was in December. Okay. She came home for a little bit, and I don't, she had a really hard time getting her visa, because you have to get a new visa every year. She okay. had a really hard time getting her visa that year, that in December, and I don't, it just had to be the Holy Spirit. I just, I went and talked to one of our staff members who um, knew her, and I said, I, I, I just need to know, you know, if, if her visa didn't come through, is yeah. there a way we could, he, they said, well, yeah, we can get her a place to live, we'll 
you know, she can go work in the preschool building if nothing else, you know. And I said, okay, that's all I need to know. Yeah. Well, it did come through and she did go back. And, but in May, when, you know, you, you remember what India was like with COVID. It right. was awful. Yeah. Um, in May, they let her know, she applied for her visa and they let her know that uh, they were not renewing her visa. Oh and she's been there for 19 years and her visa's not renewed. And all of a sudden, and they gave her 30 days to get out of the country. Oh my goodness. Talk about fear. Yes. Yes. So I just, I said, God, nothing takes you by surprise. I came and talked to him and, you know, I, uh, you know, I thought, well, maybe we can work this out, but, um, we just had to start praying. Well, I, I had been reading through the chronological Bible and I was in second Chronicles and I'd gotten to, um, uh, I think it's chapter 20, yeah. verse 12. Okay. It was the story of Jehoshaphat. I got into the story of Jehoshaphat. Well, Jehoshaphat is the king. And all of a sudden, they come tell him that three armies are coming for him. And the Bible says that Jehoshaphat got everybody together and they prayed. Mm -hmm. And they are afraid. And verse 12, he says, Lord, we do not know what to do. Our eyes are on you. And then it said, the all of, Ju- of Judah with the children, the infants, the children, and the wives. This is why it's so important to take your children to church. Yes, amen. To sit in the worship service. <laughs> yes. They're sitting there watching yeah. what's happening. Yeah. They all got together and they prayed before God and they bowed in humility. And all of a sudden, the Holy the Spirit comes on one of them and he's, he stands up and he says, he tells them what's going to happen. And he said, um, you know, you don't have to be afraid. Um, uh, this is what you have to do, and but they had to show up, and it said you have to show up for the battle. But the battle is the Lord's. That's but the battle said. is the, the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. It says stand up and get ready. So it talks the. You need to read that whole chapter. It's just amazing what God did. I mean, they got the singers, they got the praisers, they got all this, and they have to go stand there looking at off in the distance at these three enormous armies coming for them, and the Bible says. What God did was the three armies all of a sudden turn on each other and annihilate themselves. And there's Jehoshaphat. And he had to keep his eyes on him. Well, I just saw that. I thought, Lord, she doesn't know what to do, but her eyes are on you. Her eyes have got to be on you. Yeah. So I sat down and I emailed her an email and all in code. I said, um, I've been thinking about you this morning um, in the Chronicles in the second part in the uh, 20th chapter with the 12th line or something, you know, I did it all in code. And I said, that's what we're going to have to do. We look to you. Mm. Well, she said for this, she, we, she came and spent the summer with us, but she asked me, she's cause we just couldn't talk. She didn't have time to even email Harley because she had to finish out everything, you know, give away her dog, find a new home for her beloved dog, you know, give away all of her stuff. And anyway, so she, oh, and get two COVID vaccines in the meantime, because they wouldn't let you on the plane. And the only people flying out were Americans. And yeah. you just had to hope you could get a seat on it. Well, yeah. And then it would be the two weeks after you get the first shot. It, and yes, da, da, it da. was. It, yes. And I, then you have a, maybe a reaction from she that She said shot. she lost 12 pounds because she just couldn't eat. You know, she was so afraid. And she just had to get her there. And she said, she said she hadn't been able to read her Bible for three days. It was just, it was just blank to her. Mm. And. She said that she woke up at three o'clock in the morning and she got out her Bible and she said, I, she said, I've never done this before. She said, Lord, just speak to me. And it opened to second Chronicles 20 verse 12. Mm. 
And she yeah. read, "We don't. I don't know what to do, but I look to you. But I look to you. And that afternoon she opened her email and there was my email. Mm. And she said, I just knew. She said, God just so confirmed. She said, I fell on my knees and said, I'm so sorry for doubting you, Lord. I'm so sorry for doubting you. Yes. I, I refuse to live in fear. You just show me the way to go. Yeah. My eyes are on you. I mean, now that now that's not, that could not happen except for God and, and his word. Only God. Only God could put that together. But that's, I don't know why we get so keyed up instead of just looking at God. Right. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And that's what's happened this whole last two years. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Mm-hmm. Our eyes are on you. Yeah. When you mentioned that the first uh, podcast recording that we ever did for this was based off of that. And I had the hardest time saying, Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat. <laughs> Jehoshaphat. <laughs> well, when I grew up, it was jumping Jehoshaphat. You know, jumping it actually Jeho- is Jehoshaphat, but Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat. Yes. And that simple truth of just look to me. Mm-hmm. It's the same for her. It's the same for you. It's the same for me. It's the same for everyone. And once again, I mean, you got to show up. Um, and sometimes he had them do hand to hand combat, but I, I will. You know, we were going through a very very difficult time here, and I just wanted to straighten everybody out and tell them what to do and tell them how wrong they were and just blah, 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 you know. Yeah. And the page a day calendar I flipped was um, Exodus fourteen fourteen. The Lord will fight for you when you keep silent. Mm. You know, we need to fix, we think we got to fix it. And some, most of the time, God just wants us to be silent. He just wants us to be silent and let him do it because he's got a much better plan than we have. I mean, you know, I, I just, I've just seen it over and over and over in my life. And God has confirmed that over and over and over. Mm. It's when I try to fix it that I make the biggest mess. Oh, this is so good. This is so good. Slam dunk. Slam dunk, Miss Liz. Well, that's not what we intended to talk about, but here we are. I'm so. just, I mean, the word of God is alive. The word of God is powerful. And even when we have an idea of how we think things are going to go, and how we want to control something, God teaches us what he wants to when we choose him. And man, so many things you've said. Um, I do want to ask you the last question. I know we've been going, thank you for your time. We've oh, been fine. Um, when you saw that woman's name, the Korean woman, yes. and you, you had a nudge on your heart from the Lord mm-hmm. to do something about it. Um, there's a Christian speaker who I love, Christine Kane. She has a line that she says, and I just want to encourage whoever's listening because you did talk about, you know, social media and how everything's out there and stuff. And this line that she says is just so powerful because, um, you know, gives the glory to God. But she says, if you're marked by God, you don't need to be marketed by man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Let, and being silent lets God use his people and pull you out when you need to be. You know what I mean? Not pull you out because it sounds like you're going to go get punished, but you know, you're not getting pulled out of class, but we'll say pull you up. But being silent in that humble state, that meek state, lets God use you when he wants to take you where he wants you to go. You know? well, and the blessing of lockdown for me was everything stopped for a while. Now it drove my poor son, who's a very much an extrovert, 
you know, oh, he was dying, you know, and the only reason I was dying was when my husband was there 24 hours. That's when, ditto, ditto. I love him, but in doses. Exactly. Well, and we had to learn how to navigate, like, two hours a day, you have to go do something that's going to, like, work out, go on a run, but go talk to your customers, you know what I mean? Yes, but, you know, life stopped, and all of the busyness of church stopped, and I really had to think through, you know, God, what is really really important you know with me what because i've been so busy i haven't had time to think about you really about about some specifics and there were some real interesting things that he prodded me to and yeah. you know and uh things to give up and quit and quit worrying about yeah that's so, good you know we have to get silent we have to get silent oh that's so good well we're not going to be silent on this podcast right now okay because this is my favorite question oh, what bible verse is helping you in this season miss liz <gasps> Um, probably what I already mentioned to you just this week, these past two weeks has been, um, just reading back through Ecclesiastes and it's not that everything we do is unimportant. That is not what he's saying, Yeah. but it ends with trust God and keep his commandments. When it's all wrapped up, trust God and keep his commandments. It's not teaching my Sunday school class or cleaning up my yard or, (laughs) you know, and he brought to mind, I had just read in, um, I read through um, Colossians and at the end of Colossians, Paul says, greet Nympha and the church in her home. And I thought, thank you God that I don't have a church meeting in my home, you know, but to be willing to do that, but you know, that's the important thing. And mm-hmm. it has really, these past few weeks has really redirected me to, as I'm, am I speaking to people about my faith, just bumping into them? Am I asking them if they go to church anywhere? Because that's why we're in the mess we're in, because the church hasn't done, we've done, we've done great at the activities and all this yeah. stuff, but we haven't done, we haven't done what we, how the church built in the first place. Yeah. We don't share our faith with We others. are the church. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and when I had finally decided that, and when I just sort of laid that down, I said, Lord, you're right. I've gotten so busy. I hadn't even done that. I picked up a bunch of my, and we have tracks here that have, um, it's got our church on number and all that picture of the pastor. And then on the inside is the plan of salvation. Very clear. I just started carrying those in my purse. And at the grocery store, you know, you just have to engage people. And this young girl was packing my groceries. And I said, are you in school? That's how we started the conversation. Yes. And I said, well, you know, and she's at UWF. And I said, well, do you, um, do do you go to church anywhere? Or Mm -hmm. you do have a church home? And she said, well, no. And so I pulled out the track Mm -hmm. and I said, well, let me tell you something. I said, now the inside will tell you about Jesus. She said, oh, I'm I'm a Christian, you know? And I said, well, I, you know, good. I just want to just want to give this to you. Good. And this is not to my own horn. No, that we was need just to hear pushing this. me out yeah. of my comfort zone. Yes. You know, to remember to do that again because you get so, you know, well, and introspective. Too, I think for whoever's listening, it's like, well, you're the pastor's wife and you're giving out a pamphlet. No, you're a child of God, and God wants to use you in this situation, and you're saying yes. yes. So two weeks ago, this I, I'm up in the balcony because I'd snuck in late from preschool. That's what I'm talking about. You know, I'd snuck in late from preschool <laughs> yes. and I didn't, I sat where I couldn't see. Yeah. So my husband comes home and he said, well, during the invitation, this young girl came down with a friend of hers and she said, I want to meet, the, I want to meet the pastor's wife. I want to see the pastor's wife and held the card up I had given her. 
And she brought her friend who got saved that morning. All because I just stepped out of my comfort zone and asked her if she had a church home and gave her a tract. And she's a Christian, but I don't know if I prompted her to say something to a friend. You don't know how God's going to use you just in teeny tiny little ways. And, you know, I mean, and I would love to say, I just went, oh, hallelujah. But I just went, oh, Lord, how many opportunities have I missed by not, you know, it so humbled me and so brought me to, you know, I just said, oh, God, don't ever let me miss another opportunity. It's so humbled me. Don't ever let me miss another. And it's as simple as somebody left an umbrella in the grocery cart. I took it to the customer service. Right. And I said, somebody looked. He said, well, thanks for bringing that back. And I just said, I said, well, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I just couldn't steal this umbrella. Yeah. Because that's just not, you know, I mean, that's a Ten Commandment. Yeah. And I, you know, and he just looked at <laughs> and me And follow so my funny, commandments. You know, and I, you know, it's just, it's the little things. If we would just get in the habit, you know, there's no telling what would happen. There's no telling what would happen. I spoke to a group of women, 40 women recently. I said, if you 40 would commit to pray, you could change the world. Yeah. I mean, 12 did it, 40, you know, women praying with all their hearts. Yeah. But we instead go, oh, you know, we, we let ourselves get in fear. Oh, that's not what I, that, I shouldn't do that. Yeah. That's what they do. That's not what I do. Yeah. But Lord, break those walls. Give me the breakthrough so, today. So I guess it's just, you know, that, that last, those last couple of verses of Ecclesiastes, God's really been dealing with me just mm-hmm. to trust God and follow his commands. Amen. And trust to, God. Trust God and follow his commands just to make sure I do that. And, you know, I may get COVID and die next week, but that doesn't take him by surprise. Mm-hmm. And if we really believe heaven is all it's cracked up to be, <laughs> then we shouldn't be sad when somebody gets to go. Right. And when we talk about commandments, the greatest commandment is love God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And Jesus jumped in with number two, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. So for who, thank you for saying that. Two things. If you're listening and you're like, I want to walk away with something to take with me. Can you say that again? The greatest commandment. It's Deuteronomy chapter four, verse six. Um, Jesus told, it's right after the Shema, um, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. The Lord is thy God. The Lord is one. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. Yeah. And that's what when they asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was, he didn't pick one of the ten. That's what he said. You know, he said the Shema. And then he tagged on the second. If we really love our neighbors as ourselves, I want them to experience what I've had. And uh, the only way I've survived life is through Christ. Mm-hmm. I would have been, you know, oh Lord, I'd probably been in some mental health facility somewhere and gone crazy. Years I mean, ago ditto. It's not about us. Because I've just, you know, and it's, you know, and that doesn't mean you're going to have a perfect life. Oh, that's my other favorite scripture verse. <laughs> I've got a million of them. I love it. Psalm yes. 30, verse 10. It says, Our lives last 70 years or if we are strong 80 the best of them is struggle and sorrow and i don't know why we should be a surprise when the best of our lives are struggle and sorrow because it's not going to be easy it's never going to be easy that's what makes heaven good you know yes and i've gotten up here i'm you know knocking on the door at 70 and you just think yeah boy isn't that the truth? 
the best of our lives is struggle and sorrow. It's good and there's moments of wonderful stuff, mm -hmm. but we shouldn't be surprised. Life's hard. Yeah. We just shouldn't. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so this has been so good. Is there anything else you want to share? Oh, I think that's about it. Come to church. <laughs> Is that it? That's how we're going to end it. So how do you follow up with Miss Liz? Come to church. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> even say that, to be honest with you. I would say set your alarm clock and get your rear end out of bed and spend time with him every morning. And, you know, you're just going to have to do it. it. And it takes six weeks to make a habit. And if you can hang in there for six weeks, you can't live without it. And when it all is said, because we can live without church. We know we can live without church now. Yeah. You know, but I can't live without him. I can't live without him. So that's the most important thing. Oh, that's so good. Okay. At the end of every podcast, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, God, for doing what you're doing through Miss Liz. And thank you for just putting that willing spirit in her to where she says yes. Thank you, Lord. We always pray at the end of every podcast, Lord, decrease us and increase you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Hey, this is Dustin, one of the pastors at Grace Bible Church in Sebring, Florida. Thanks for tuning in to listen to Broadcast His Love with Ricky Van Stewart. I hope you also consider joining us on our podcast as well. Our hope is to encourage you, inspire you, and compel you towards a closer walk with Jesus and one another. You can find us on every platform where podcasts are offered by simply searching for Grace Bible Church Sebring. Again, this is Pastor Dustin, and I hope to get to connect with you very soon. Hey, this is Mark Stockland, pastor and CEO for Haiti Bible Mission in Jeremy Haiti. If you'd like to follow along with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti, you can check us out at HaitiBibleMission.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to get you guys connected with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti and how you can partner with us to live the difference, to help empower leaders to transform communities. God bless you guys and have a great day. Hi, y'all. This is Nan Charland, the owner of the Laurel Oak Inn Bed and Breakfast in Gainesville, Florida. You can find the Laurel Oak Inn on the internet at laureloakinn.com or Facebook and Instagram, Laurel Oak Inn. Until we meet you in person, we certainly hope you're enjoying life to its fullest. <laughs>